This podcast contains sexual themes and is intended for open-minded adults. If you're under the age of 18, you should stop listening now. You're listening to Sharing is Caring. In this podcast, we talk openly about our journey into the lifestyle, about opening our relationship and our lives to a whole new way of thinking. Come and share our adventures into sex positivity and ethical non-monogamy. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 24 of Sharing is Caring. I'm Kiwi. And I'm Sherry. Today's episode is to celebrate Bi-Visibility Day. Yay! Happy Bi-Visibility Day to everyone out there, especially all you amazing people who identify as bi or pan or any variation. Go out and hug a bisexual today. (laughs) (laughs) Or hug yourself. It feels great to be recording again, to be honest. It's a welcome distraction from all the craziness that's happening in life at the moment, even if it's just for a short time. It feels like back in time when we used to talk about our naughty adventures. Yeah, we haven't had any naughty adventures for too long. For way too long. Anyway, sadly, it's also going to be even longer before our next episode, isn't it? Oh, yeah. The first challenge of today's episode was actually finding the recording equipment. We shifted house recently and I found a nice little home for all the recording equipment and then promptly forgot where it was. Mm. Are you sure it wasn't in one of the boxes you haven't unpacked yet? Actually, no, no. We've pretty much unpacked everything by now, which is like a relief. It just feels like the house is getting taken over by baby stuff and the baby's not even born yet. Not to go on because I'm sure a lot of you listen to this podcast to get away from baby stuff. But how long is it to go now, Sherry? Oh, my due date is in just about two weeks now. Although I don't know how I can get any bigger. My belly is huge. But um, the rest of me hasn't changed much. It's pretty much stayed the same, hasn't it? Apart from your boobs. Your boobs are huge. Boobs, yes. You've developed a slight obsession with my boobs. Although... I mean, it was always there. Yeah, it, it was already there. It's just even... It's intensified now, let's say. <laughs> uh, and also, last time we recorded, they were really tender. But that's gone away now, so you're allowed to touch them again. Yes. I can't wait for the baby to come, but... We need some more time, like a little bit longer. If it can at least wait till the due date, not come early. There's so much we still got to do around the house. Anyway, the COVID fun continues in life. There's been some new rules that have come in place today from the government. It comes and goes, but at the moment it feels like there's more coming than going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind coming though. I also saw in Cap, it was in the news recently because there was a big spike in cases. Oh uh, yeah, that's not why you want to see Cap in the news though. No, that's really not why. But lifestyle nor cap should be in the news for being the reason for COVID's being spread. Yeah. But back to the topic at hand, by visibility day. Yay. So today's episode is actually a recording from episode 79 of Bedhoppers, where they interviewed us about the bisexuality for their fuck off. You fuck off. No, 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 the FAQ off. So they did a series of episodes which were frequently asked questions in the lifestyle, and they interviewed a lot of different people about it. It's actually really good if you haven't listened to it yet. So... Check out the Bed Hoppers. Highly recommend it. They're a sexy couple from the UK. Yeah, and they're really well-spoken and articulate, unlike us. Yeah, they make me seem dumb next to them. <laughs> so just ignore that in the uh, interview. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you've already heard the interview and you feel like getting shortchanged for this episode, but you might as well listen because you're here now and it's great. And also, Sherry's got something special to say at the end. Oh, do I? Yeah, you'll see when you turn your notes over. Oh, all right. All right, on to the recording. Hit it, Sherry. Thanks for joining us. We are going to be tackling today a question, which is, is there bisexuality in the lifestyle? Now, fortunately, we've brought along some very sexy friends with us for the ride, and they are going to be attempting to help us get through this question and explore it. Mrs. H, who have we got with us? We have got with us um, the very so lovely Kiwi and Cherie from Sharon is Caring podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome. Hi. Before we jump into exploring this topic, some of our listeners may not have heard uh, of you guys before. Can you tell us just a very tiny bit about yourselves and where you're from? Of course. Um, so I'm Kiwi and as the name might suggest, I'm from New Zealand, but I'm living in London now and we've got a podcast called Sharing is Caring with my lovely wife. I'm Cherie. And I'm French, but I live in London as well. That's convenient when you're married. Yeah, it's very helpful actually to live in the same place together. Yeah, you actually live in the same place as well, not just the same city, right? 
yeah, same flat. Much more convenient. Same room. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we'd bring you guys on to talk a bit about bisexuality. But what do we mean, he says, in setting you up for an answer that I know you've already researched. <laughs> Just to be completely proper, I'll read the definition of bisexuality <laughs> off of Wikipedia, just because everyone wants to hear on a podcast exactly what they can read online. So the definition as per Wikipedia is bisexuality is a romantic attraction, sexual attraction, or sexual behavior towards both males and females, or to more than one sex or gender. It may also be defined as romantic or sexual attraction to people of any sex or gender identity, which is known as pansexuality. It's a really interesting question where the separation between bisexuality and pansexuality actually comes into play. Yeah, that's not something that I've explored enough to have an answer myself personally. I've, I've been defining myself as bisexual and then I've been like, oh, maybe I'm pansexual, but uh, I'm not sure, so I'm sticking to bisexual for now. <laughs> yeah, likewise. I think one of the really important things that it slightly touches on in that definition is that bisexuality isn't just the attraction to men and women, it's attraction to all genders, not just your own. That Succinctly was, put. It was. Um, it was. I'm glad that the Wikipedia entry wasn't much longer, <laughs> because otherwise, like Anchorman, he could have been reading for like 20 minutes and we'd have had a, a lovely little storybook for us. Anything which is on the prompter, I'll just read it off. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that we wanted to touch on as well was the Kinsey scale. I actually don't know that much about it. Well, you can tell us about it then, Mrs. I don't H. know much about it, I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> but you go off and Google it and then, and then come back and read I'm it I'm just going to refer to uh, Kiwi's wonderful Wikipedia here. <laughs> so the Kinsey scale is a scale of attraction, which goes from zero to six, I believe, and zero being completely heterosexual and six being completely homosexual or completely gay. And where you fit on that scale is generally how you feel at the time of the day. And that is very much one being you're slightly attracted to the same gender, but very much completely, almost completely to your own gender. And Six or the gender, you mean? Yes. <laughs> that one. And six being completely attracted to your own gender and not to the other gender at all. Yeah. But you've come up with a modified Kingsley scale yourself. Yeah, it has a couple of different dimensions on there rather than just being zero to six for attraction. It's just a separation of physical, sexual and emotional attraction. It's uh, a bit of a whole diagram there that you've got. Have you patented this yet? Has it, has it reached the... Oh, yes, definitely. I'm getting royalties from selling it. I'm a millionaire now. <laughs> Have you that was just a way that I thought was better to express how I was feeling at the time, because I do go through phases where I'm a lot more sexually attracted to men and not very emotionally attracted. But there's other times where I feel like I've got a stronger emotional attraction to men and the sexual attraction drifts down a little bit. So it's it's very much swaying back and forth. And I might stay... Uh, potentially at the same number on the Kinsey scale, but then what actually makes up that number changes over time. It sounds like a very complicated role-playing game to me. <laughs> Have you been grinding those stats for a while and sort of got up in one area and not in the other? I'm a level six wizard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've, you know, I think we've established that that bisexuality does exist in the lifestyle. How common is it? I think it is very common for women in the lifestyle to be bisexual. Um, and almost expected, I would say, even to at least kiss the other woman if um, a sexual play happens. For men, it's um, not quite as widely, um, well, we haven't widely encountered it. And uh, it definitely doesn't seem like there's as many men who advertise themselves as being bisexual or bi curious. But what we've found more and more is, as I put myself out there as being a bisexual man, a lot of people actually approach me or open up and say, actually, that's something I've been interested in mm. trying out, but I just never have discussed it before because there seems to be this big stigma There's around a bit of a bisexuality. Taboo. We, we've actually played once with a couple where they were both clearly very bisexual. And, uh, and then we found them on a dating app yeah. uh, a few months later and her profile said bisexual, but his profile only said heterosexual. So I was quite surprised that he wasn't open about it, considering how much he was into Kiwi when we met. Yeah, I think that's a real shame that people list themselves as being heterosexual or straight when they are actually bi or very much bi-curious. I can, I can understand why people need to do it, uh, because of 
some some couples don't even want to play with people who identify as bisexual or people who have played with couples who are bisexual, even if there's no interaction between the men. It is a strange one. We've certainly encountered a bit of uh, prejudice against uh, bi men. And uh, we've met couples that, that have sort of been adamant that they wouldn't ever play with a couple that have played with a couple. Yeah, it's almost like played with, with a couple that have played with a couple that, where that one of the men them. was bi. And it was yeah. kind of like, well, I, I don't kind of understand, you know, just because somebody is bi, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be into you or that you're actually necessarily going to do anything with them. Maybe we think by playing with someone who's bi, then they'll be bi. It's <laughs> 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 so strange. Yeah. Or maybe it's a fear of health reasons. And that's just perpetuating the whole risk that's attached to anyone who has sex with other men. Mm. But everyone gets tested regularly, or we hope everyone gets tested regularly and plays safely. It was interesting, actually. We were having a a chat with um, By the By, um, I think just earlier today, and one of the things that they mentioned was around consent. And we had a great little uh, conversation with consent, the consent, and that will be released uh, as, as part of another episode. But one of the things that Bradford mentioned was that actually that uh, when it comes to consent, guys tend to be very much, they don't seem to think it's important for, for women sometimes that they encounter all the you know, general sweeping statements. But actually, once they find out that, that Bradford is bi, then somehow that, that interest in consent becomes much more heightened. Yeah, yeah, he did say that. Because, you know, they're worried about what they might do and what they, you know, how they might interact with him. And of course, you know, if we're all following the rules of consent, then there shouldn't be any problems anyway. I think it's interesting what um, Cherie was referring to when she said the expectation that women in the lifestyle are bisexual. And you're absolutely right. It's it's something that we've encountered multiple, multiple times, isn't it? That there's the expectation almost that the women will be bisexual or at least will, um, you know, play with each other. Um, and it's it's just really, really interesting when you start unpacking it all and sort of finding out what their real sort of feelings are, or whether they're doing it just to kind of be a crowd pleaser and do it for their, their respective men. I think the, mm. the, there is a huge difference, though, between trying it because you think you might like it and might be into it mm. to putting on a complete show for the for the guys. And, I, you know, I, I find the idea of someone doing that for the guys just to be a bit strange and a bit off putting, if anything. And I'm sure, you know, as a, as bisexual women or people that you wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to do that i wouldn't want to no it's not i you fake your way through things that way don't you Mm. so Mm. i'd I'd want someone to play with me because they want to and they're attracted to me not because they're doing it just to you know um assuage their kind of man's fantasy then and tick a box somewhere so but yeah it's it's unfortunate i know personally i'm very sensitive to whether or not the person that I'm interacting with is actually enjoying it and into it. If I get any sense that the person's not into what we're doing, it's a... It, oh, it's a big turn-off for you. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a big turn-off for me. So I can imagine if you're a woman in that situation where you feel like you almost have to play with someone who's clearly not into it with you, mm. that would be a horrible situation to be in. But also watching two women who one of them clearly wasn't into it, I, I don't think I'd enjoy that at all. No. I wonder if there's ever been guys that have put on a show for the ladies. <laughs> Has the reverse ever happened? <laughs> Possibly. But... The image in my head of Mrs. H laying down a few £10 notes. Come on, dance, boys, dance. <laughs> Look like you're enjoying it's your it. Turn now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we started talking a bit about male bisexuality and, and that it's not quite as common in the lifestyle. Why do we think that is? I think that's largely to do with the image that people have around what it means to be a man, around what masculinity actually is. And to be a man, you have to impress women, and women are the the goal. And if you manage to have your conquests, that's another piece which makes up your masculinity. So actually interacting with another man is seen outside the norm. It's seen as a vulnerability. It's seen as something which is different. And a lot of men shy away from that. And I don't think that's a conscious choice that people make. I think it's just what we've been told our whole lives. It's what media shows us. We're constantly showed depictions of it's really sexy when two women in college kiss each other, but you mm-hmm. never see two men playing and experimenting in college. That's seen as being wrong. And often in media, in media, depictions of media, men shy away from any sort of interaction between two men. Whereas even in friendship, yeah, even in friendship, where if it's two women, they might kiss each other and realize, oh, this is actually quite nice. 
again, I think it's a stigma of uh, gayness. There's there's a reason why a lot of insults towards men are about their sexuality, like, oh, you're a fag or whatever. And you don't have the same for women. There's no equivalent because it's kind of uh, glorified to women kissing for the pleasure of the male gaze. But um, the male gaze doesn't like to see two men kissing. Mm. And I think that's part of that as well. It's uh, latent homophobia. Maybe. Uh, but I do think there is something in that if we, if you think of two women kissing, you probably think of two attractive women kissing. <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. Well, yeah, why would your mind conjure up unattractive women kissing? <laughs> but that's what I mean. It's like the, the image that immediately... The lipstick lesbians kind of a stereotype, maybe. Yeah, so, but yeah. Of, of course that's not... The, 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 it's the, not necessarily the norm, is it? The norm or the reality. <laughs> you know, I'm sure, sure there are attractive people out there, but, you know, people are just people and it's quite often... Mm that image that you've been sold you're right by the media is, is is of the two hot women making out and i'm not opposed to that idea that's fine but but it's a bit strange that that's the immediate piece that, that that's conjured up in your head i'm really interested in this sort of why guys don't label themselves as bi though and and i think from from my understanding or certainly some of the conversations that we've had we we know of a few bi guys that that well that that people men that do play with other men but that label themselves as straight and yeah. we'll we'll almost go go up to the hilt of being straight. Ironic. Oh my um, god! <laughs> and, and being almost adamant about it, but actually knowing knowing their history and knowing what they've been into or what they've done, they've actually played with other guys and been actually quite open about that. But they're very firmly of this: I am straight, and it almost seems quite. It's difficult for people to come off of that perch and um, or, or that pedestal of being straight and 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 be honest and say, well, actually, yeah, it's quite. You know, sometimes I like to play with guys. So therefore, by definition, you are bisexual. Heterosexuality, it's a safe place. It's how people have identified their whole lives. Whereas if you are bisexual, that's a big change. And an understanding of bisexual that a lot of people have is that you are 50% into your own gender and 50% into other genders. Or you're 50% into men and then 50% into women. And that's just not how it is. If you enjoy from time to time interacting with another man, but... 99% 99% of the time you enjoy playing with just women, then you could still identify as bisexual. Absolutely. And I think the point I was, I was going to make, but you, you kind of like started making the same point was just because you, you potentially identify as bisexual yourself. It doesn't mean that you necessarily want to play with every, every person you encounter just because you, you can, it doesn't mean you want to. And again, it's down to those levels of attraction. You know, if I'm bisexual, it doesn't mean I necessarily fancy every woman that walks past as well as every man. It's, it's true. Yeah. Just the pretty ones. Just the pretty ones. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen a lot of male bisexual activity in clubs? I don't think so. Not really, no. no. You've I, been the one instigating it whenever there's been some. Yeah, I can't actually <laughs> think of any situations that we weren't involved with in a club that involved male bisexuality, to be honest. Because you see a lot of ladies playing with ladies, to be fair, yeah. in clubs. But but very rare. In fact, I think some clubs, it's against their rules. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I know, for example, if you go to Desire on a week that's not the swing set takeover, that the man-on-man action outside... Uh, you know of your own room is isn't allowed i think the world is is you know not only coming to terms with swingers being out in the open but there's a whole other note of prejudice that they need to overcome (laughs) with men playing with each other it's a bit like in porn if you look at straight porn you'll see a lot of women playing together like if you look at straight porn with a threesome you have the man fucking both women and the women interacting to see two men interacting in porn you have to look at gay porn yeah, or yeah. bi porn. I've noticed when you search bi porn, it's usually because there's two men interacting, and that makes it bi porn. Whereas straight porn is two females as well. Yeah. Mm. So the definition standards. of uh, two female, well, two women interacting, it looks like it fits within the straight porn, which is strange when you think about it in this way. You you guys have been lucky enough to go to Cap Cap Dagged, is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. yes. yeah, I've been practicing. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, obviously we've referred to clubs, but um, Cap Dagged is it is it any sort of more relaxed in terms of what you might see out there and the, the bisexual scene with between men? I think it is. I think so. Yeah, that was actually where I had my first bi experience was in Cap Dagged, and it was with a uh, another guy who 
always had wanted to try it but never had and that was my first interaction and then straight after that there was another guy who had always <laughs> wanted to try it but never had who we went home with later that night yeah wow you broke but, the seal <laughs> <laughs> but there's also gay clubs there and they call it or well, a gay club but that's very much focused on male male interaction but there's still you know, straight interactions going on in that club. It is still for couples to go along to. We haven't been to the gay club, though. No, really wanted to, but we just never got around to it. There's too many other things to do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true that we've, we've done, I mean, we, Kiwi has interacted with men there, and it's usually been received quite positively. Yeah. Like, the most recent time that we were there, there was that... Uh, was the, the slave, slave boy. Yeah, at the phone party, and... A lot of people stopped to watch and sort of and cheered, cheer along, yeah, because yeah. it's something which people don't see very often, and it seemed like nearly everybody was just really happy to see that. And it's like, great, you're being yourselves, you're doing what you want to do, good on you. Slave Boy on the uh, phone party does sound like a great album title, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> but I, it, it's interesting because I think it, it sounds like it's one of those things that could go one of two ways, and that, and I get the sense that more and more we're encountering people that are happy to have seen that and and to have witnessed it and and to encourage you to be yourself but i think there are certain environments where actually um the, the opposite could happen and people could be really upset or put off by it mm. and i know we've yeah, been yeah. in the odd club where guys have interacted and people have had a you know had a really strong mm. reaction to it and, yeah they've been very negative haven't they and almost to the point of like going to the owners to say well, then, why are you, you endorsing what's going this? on with this here and why are you endorsing mm. this and how is this allowed but I think it's it's strange because it's not all o- not this all over the place, but because it's not openly shared in most clubs that we've been to, or you don't regularly see it. I wonder if people are afraid to do anything because because it wouldn't be well received. Yeah, and it's the levels of hypocrisy, though, isn't it? Like you say, it's it's fine for the women to be making out. In fact, it's it's you know actively encouraged, and then you know not so much for the the guys. So. I mean, I don't actively encourage that because they could be making out with me, but, you know. <laughs> well, I completely agree. I think if it's more normalised, if it's something which people see more often, then they'll be more likely to try it, A, to see if they like it, and B, because it's something they're interested in, and now it feels like a safe place for them to do mm. that. But no one wants to be the first person to do anything. No, not at all. Um, I, I do also wonder if it's um, there's a bit of a case of there's a bit of a generational gap with it. And I do wonder if younger generations are actually less fussed about sort of identifying where they sit on the Kinsey scale. And it's just more about they they play with who they want to play with. And, and, you know, that that's that's the sum of it. Whereas Ooh. us um, and I'm using Mrs. H and I, perhaps rather than you guys, that's slightly older people um, <laughs> <laughs> um, are sort of Not grown up with it, with a lot of those prejudices. And you certainly, yeah. you know, I, I can imagine uh, even down to to the response from families and stuff. If I was mm. to, to kiss a guy or, or anything else, it would be. Well, you know, it's interesting. And, and I recall like ages ago when you first sort of started telling a few people here and there, like sometimes you would get that question, like, does that mean you play with guys as well? You know? Like, I, I think that's just more their prejudice view of me. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> so. My sister always swears blind that that the reason you know the reason I wore a um, silk shirt and a waistcoat when I was a teenager was because I was actually gay. Yeah, gay tendencies. <laughs> oh my god! You're just in denial your whole life until now. Yeah, that's what, that's what it is. It's not that I had extremely poor fashion sense. <laughs> and yet now you're you know you are obviously if you were to find some sort of you you wanted to play and be by then you at least could do that in complete safety well i think that's one of the amazing things about the lifestyle actually is that and and this is why i'd recommend it to a lot, lot of people is that it does let you explore some of those fantasies and you know it's not like you could be a guy and i could kiss you if i wanted to <laughs> you know what I mean? so I, you know it does let you try out different yeah. things and in, yeah. a, in a relatively safe space. So, you know, you can see whether you like something or see or try something different with somebody else. Mm. And so if you did want to explore your buy side, I, I, you know, I'd really recommend doing it through the lifestyle. Well, there's potentially no judgment. Well, there's not only no judgment, but also you've got the support of your partner, assuming you've got a partner with you, um, you know, and, and we'll come on to having that conversation with your partner in a minute, because I think that's going to be an interesting one. But, but actually, you, you know, you've got the safety, you've got the environments if you want them. 
and also you've got people that have a level of experience as mm. well so it, it's a good way to to test the water on a lot of stuff I think. i'd be like absolutely cool if you if you were buying <laughs> no you wouldn't just be cool you, you'd you'd love it i suspect of course I would. <laughs> but you know i think there's definitely a different groups of people who sort of how they come about finding about their bisexuality. There's people who have a predisposition to bisexuality who already know that they're interested in their own gender when they come into the lifestyle. And the lifestyle provides a mechanism for them to actually explore that and try that out. But then also a lot of people, once they are in the lifestyle and they're in very sexual situations around their own gender, they start to open up to the idea of saying, well, actually, maybe this isn't something that I thought it was, or maybe I'd be more open to trying this out and seeing what it's like. Yeah, I agree. I do. Um, it, it kind of makes you, it, it gives you that safety net, I think, that I mean, you can try it and if you don't like it, just don't do it again. But, but uh, that's true of the whole be... lifestyle, isn't it? Yeah, in, of course. In this, that you witness so much and you you know, you know start off in those first tentative steps and you have your, for most people, sweeping generalisations, you have these dip your toe in moments where you're like, oh, Oh my god, we kiss somebody else. This is insane. Like, you know. And, and you grow. Yeah. Or someone someone gave me a hug. Oh wow, it was some other woman. And and then then you sort of learn and grow and you, you kind of get more comfortable with where you are. And it's a really good way of expanding, you know, how you feel as a yeah, person. Yeah, and by week three, I'm like, yeah, I did DP. <laughs> <laughs> that was not week three. No, no. I think we're on week several hundred now, and that still hasn't happened. Several hundred, wow. 700 <laughs> it's probably not that it's probably like 30 or something like that yeah. i don't know how math works it's not my strongest point to be fair to go back a few conversations ago when you were bringing up the generational gap that's actually it's reminded me of something a podcast to by guys i listened to them probably six months ago and they cited a couple studies and they ask people of different ages how they identify on the kinsey scale and they found that people who were under 18, a really good percentage, I think almost more than 50% of the people in the UK who they asked, um, it was a charity, identified as not a zero, so as one or higher on the Kinsey scale. So I think a lot more people are becoming aware of the different genders and mm. different sexual preferences and attractions. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you, you, you've, you've agreed to go into the lifestyle. You're kind of yeah. you're kind of curious. How do you go about preparing for your first bi experience? Mine or his, because it was quite different. Just in general, though, we didn't know what was going to come about. We knew we were going for a meet, and we want to discuss around what what are we expecting from this meet, and we want to approach the possibility of having a bi experience. I think it's just like going into any lifestyle event, actually. You you talk about your boundaries. You talk about what you're comfortable doing, what you're comfortable about your partner doing, and with which gender, I guess. Yeah, I think if you've broached the topic that you want to get into the lifestyle and you're interested in playing with other people, you have gone 80 90% of the way there. You've already had that discussion, and your partner is obviously open to the concept of you playing with other people. And then it's probably your own your own issues that you need to overcome around bringing up the possibility of playing with your own gender. And that, that can be something really difficult to admit to yourself and bring yourself to actually saying to your partner, this is what I'd like to do. I think it's more than just the playing. It's just saying that it's something which you are interested in, in yourself. Mm. And there's a lot of resources out there around coming out. And that might seem like, a really big jump saying, oh, I'm not coming out to my family, I'm not coming out to the world. But it's really useful for at least processing internally how you want to come to terms with it yourself to be able to make that suggestion. But as as Sherry was saying, once you have come to terms with that yourself, it is just about talking about, well, I'm interested in doing this. How do you feel about it? This is what I'd be comfortable doing. What would you mm. be comfortable with seeing? Mm. And you've been so happy after you came out. Like yeah. Once you told a few friends about it, you were just feeling so happy and comfortable with yourself. I remember yeah. that was a couple of years ago now. It's like a weight lifted from your shoulders. You actually feel like you can be a lot more true to yourself. Yeah. But when we first started playing together, the well, when we first started playing in the lifestyle, you had your first by experience as our first experience in the lifestyle. Yeah. But I was already, I mean, before we even started... 
I had had experience with girls. I mean, very not not in-depth experiences, but I have had some before. So I knew I was interested in that. So it was not um, a revelation or anything like that. I went into the lifestyle mostly interested in girls, <laughs> not not men. Um, yeah, it was part of the reason for getting into that. Yeah. But you were a bit uncomfortable with the idea of me playing with a, a guy in the lifestyle. Yes, I think we were talking before about all the stigma around men's sexuality and especially by or uh, homosexuality. And I think for me it was wrapping my head around you not being straight and de deconstructing everything and what it means in terms of masculinity. We we've already brushed onto that, but because um, you're my husband and I had this image of you and I had to kind of change that image to see you as someone who's bi mm. and and be okay with that and know it doesn't make you less of a man or whatever. And yes, I had a lot of, maybe not prejudices, but I had some kind of negative associations because of the way bi's and gays, gay men, are portrayed and everything that's around it. Was it partially as well thinking that if I'm playing with another man, they can give me something which you can't. Because if I play with a woman, you've got all the woman parts. So you, you can <laughs> Delicately fulfill that. Put. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> partly, but for me, it was mostly deconstructing why I wasn't feeling comfortable with you being bi. Okay. And not not the, the oh, he might leave, you, leave me for another man. It was not that. It was mostly the image of what it meant that you were not straight. And when you saw it for the first time? Oh, in the end, when I saw it for the first time, and all the times after that, I just get so horny when I see him interact <laughs> with a man. It's just insane. <laughs> so how did, how did you reconcile that? Because that's quite a challenge, isn't it, going from your one image of your husband, and, uh, as you know him, and to, to, to seeing him do that. That's quite a journey. It may have only been three minutes, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think Kiwi coming out... Um, between between him telling me that it was interesting in playing with guys and and it actually happening, there was there was quite a bit of time. It would have been about a year at least. I'd yeah, say. yeah. Um, it was just internal journey, I would say. I would I had to think about it and and ask myself why I was bothered. And now I realize it's just society, the weight of all those um, depictions in in media and everything. Um, but with the good deconstruction, now I've just embraced it and I love it, but I can understand why, why some other women would be bothered by the idea of their husband not being fully straight. Um, yes, th there's all that, all that weight mm -hmm. to, to carry and to, to think about, but, yeah. um, yeah, it was all internal. I don't think we, we talked about it that much. No. No, we didn't deconstruct it together. I think it was largely... It was me. Yeah. The, the weeks and weeks and sobbing, though, did give him a slight clue <laughs> that you were going to... But to flip that, though, um, Kiwi, when when Sherry obviously told you that she was bisexual, how did you feel? I was happy, <laughs> to be honest. He wasn't crying in the bath, he was wanking in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's going back to, like we were speaking about earlier, the depiction mm. of two sexy women kissing. And for me, it was like, great, my my wife is interested in other women. We're talking about getting into the lifestyle. That means that we'll be able to bring another woman into our play and you'll be happy with that. And you'll be able to interact as a group rather than yeah. individually. Although what I so really like, think you were thinking was, at last, my plan to come out as bisexual <laughs> is moving along. Well, <laughs> well, you know, Mr. H, same, same question are. to you. Like, you know, I obviously you found out many, many, many years ago. It was the first thing you ever said. It to was, me. absolutely. So, you know, before we'd even got together properly as a couple, that, that was the, the one thing that I kind of laid on him straight away from the get-go. So, and that's going back nearly two decades now. It is, and I shit myself because, you so, know, young you know, Mr. How, how did you feel? Well, no, I, I was scared because it was something that I had no comprehension of and, and no understanding of. And for me, it was like, it was something that could take you away from me. And, you know. And did you feel that it was something that I would get that you wouldn't be able to give me? Yeah, I mean, and also, I think, to be fair, there was a level of experience between the two of us and that that you were sort of coming to town with this sort of 
cosmopolitan worldly <laughs> experienced view and I was not that and you know um, clearly things have not changed at all but <laughs> it was it was quite a frightening conversation at that point what I do find interesting though is it that is if I wanted to explore um being bisexual if I wanted to experiment you'd, you'd be very very absolutely sorry just send me a text if you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's only going to be on for the next two weeks, and sadly you can't travel, man. Oh, <laughs> oh trust me. The second he decides to send that text, I'm like all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I but find it. I I really like it. And it's, and it's interesting really because but... we've we've been lucky enough to play with um, a group of people where two of the guys were, yeah. were by, and and the girl was very happy to to play with me and that that worked out for us quite so well. i have been fortunate enough to have that experience where i've been able to play with two men together in a, a bisexual way it's been it's been great so yeah but you know i, I don't have any desires particularly to go down that that route mm-hmm. um dis- but if you do but if I- <laughs> i'm rooting for you buddy <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> i swear if if i ever had that conversation with mrs h there'll be a deli counter fucking number thing there for her she'll be like right go on then obviously it's something it's something that you would have to want because it's something well, yes, that you <laughs> yeah exactly it wouldn't be me trying to coerce you into something but no. i'm just saying i'd be very supportive <laughs> So, Mrs. H, I've got a question for you. Uh-huh. You've, obviously, you've played with two men at the mm. same time, two straight yeah. men at the same time, and you have played with two bi men yes. at the same time. Did you notice any difference in the play? So, not necessarily related to the people that you were with, but just the the, the dynamics. Flow and the dynamics. Oh, well, absolutely, dynamics. Um, it gives you so much more opportunity. You know, I mean, not just because I could sit back and maybe watch some things happen so lazy so <laughs> fucking lazy <laughs> um well i mean when you think about the dynamics of a uh, a threesome between two women and a guy okay i mean typically if if, if particularly if a guy is straight and the two women are bisexual then you've got this you know already you've got some sets of scenarios that you can play out between the three of you where everyone can interact and in the same way two bisexual men and a woman or all three of you can interact rather than the two guys like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, sword play isn't isn't on the cards kind of thing and kind of mm. polite bumping and <laughs> that's about as far as it gets. <laughs> but, you know, with all three of you happy to for things to happen, then it just, you know, really, really expands the kind of dynamics of your play session. I must say I'm incredibly jealous. It, it, like right, a, because yeah. It just, because it just doesn't appeal to me. It's not intrinsically. I don't, I don't, I don't seek it. And it doesn't, I don't find it erotic, but at the same point, I am so fucking greedy <laughs> that I'd love to have that, you, that you would dynamic. Like to, yeah. Yeah. I, it would be more attention and that's it, clearly my life absolutely goal. Absolutely more attention. <laughs> <laughs> and I did wonder actually going into that session myself, wondering if the focus of attention, obviously in a, in a situation where you've got two women and a guy, then the guy's like, all right, I'm going to have like double the amount of female attention on me. Okay, cool. Um, and in a, a session where there's two straight men and a, you know a female, again, you, the woman might be the centre of attention naturally because the two guys aren't going to interact. So I did wonder going into that, am I going to kind of receive less attention and how would I feel about that? Because, you know, maybe I like all the attention on me, but actually, no, I, I really liked the fact that it, it wasn't down to just me calling the shots and saying what, what wanted to happen. It was very much, it, it worked. It was fluid and everyone just kind of did what they wanted to do that felt good there were a couple of moments where i got to ask for what i want which was great and i felt great doing that but i also didn't feel like i was orchestrating the thing and everything just happened naturally and it was just amazing to be involved in that fluid is a great term i think that's a that's what we use yeah we use that a lot for when we have played with couples where both the man and woman are by and it does feel very fluid things just flow and there's someone here so you interact with this person Mm -hmm. and you roll this way and move your hand this way and there's someone else here and you don't have to worry about who is this can i do that yeah is that okay it's like oh we've all spoken about this up front and everyone is happy for this to go always yeah. So I've got one one final sort of question or little area to, to to cover. And I think this this is the tricky one, because what if your partner isn't into it? So, you, mm. you, you know, you, you, 
you are bisexual you want to you know you're in, you're in part of that swinging world but but your partner isn't keen for you to play with a member of the of the same sex you know have you guys come across anyone that's that's had that experience or have you got any advice for someone that's running headlong into that situation yeah well we i guess started out being in that category for a while when you were still getting your head around my interest in playing with another man yeah but it was not like i was forbidding you from playing or anything yeah. we also never got the opportunity during that time yeah i think there's there's probably a lot to unpack in that situation and one of the things that depends on your relationship and where you're where you are in the lifestyle what your approach is to the lifestyle because some couples do play separately and if you are happy with your partner playing with the same gender it's just that you don't want to see it then playing separately might be an option for how someone can fulfill mm. what they would like to do their needs but then the other person doesn't have to be around to actually see it what are your thoughts uh, i'm thinking that maybe the couple should uh, investigate where this reticence comes from is it jealousy is it insecurity is it I don't know, uh, homophobia? I I'm not sure uh, where it would come from because the basis of the lifestyle is people enjoying seeing, well, the other enjoy themselves. It's compersion. Mm. So you're kind of denying yourself and the other that. But there are also some situations that, for one reason or another, you just really aren't into. You just really don't, mm. don't interest you at all, which... I can I can see how some people might feel that way, but it might be a good question of whether one person in the couple can interact with the same gender, whereas the other one can't, and is that a fair, even way to go mm. forward? Yeah, I'm I'm not too sure. I don't have an answer to your question. Actually, it's quite complicated. <laughs> it's not our case, so I can't I can't really project myself in such a couple. Mm. It'd be good to hear what your guys' thoughts are. So I think. The most important thing is to, to is to have that conversation in the first place, and I'll come back cool. to that in a second. But actually, just to to work through, really, what as um, Sherry has said there, um, what what is the driving factor behind that, and what is that that barrier? And you know, because I, I think it would be hypocritical, for example, if the woman was was absolutely happy to play with other women, but didn't want her her chap playing with other chaps. But but equally, there's a whole you know societal <laughs> baggage that might go with that perception and and getting yeah. someone out of that space could could take quite a lot of conversation and a lot of education so i think the other thing to consider is actually that, that there's 101 resources to help like you say with coming out with understanding this sort of stuff and it's actually to you know if if you if you have that conversation with your partner and they are not they're not keen for you to explore that, but they do want to proceed in the lifestyle, then I, I would suggest um, working through some of that that content and that media and that support. I mean, some of the stuff that you guys have talked about, some of the stuff that um, Angela and Bradford have talked about on By the By, just, you know, even those sort of things can help someone get their head around uh, understanding why this is this is like a really important step. And actually, if, if you're preventing someone, if they've got those feelings and and they want to explore this and this is who they are, preventing them from doing that feels feels really wrong to me. So, you know, but but helping them understand that that might be the case is tricky. So use all the resources that you have available to, to get them through that journey. I think it also sometimes depends on, as you say, why why people get into the lifestyle in the first place. Some people enter the lifestyle purely because they want to indulge bisexual fantasies and want to find a conduit to kind of, you know, safely do that without hurting their relationship. Others just may get into it because they just want to bang other people, frankly. And, you know, being bisexual doesn't even enter into it as a, a kind of dynamic of play. And, you know, we've met couples where the woman's not been bisexual and that's that's absolutely fine. If a guy comes out as being bisexual and wanting to play with other men, it doesn't necessarily mean that he wants to go out and have anal sex and be the bottom straight away. That's That might not even be on the cards at all as something he ever wants to do. It might be that he's interested in just some touching. A lot of men have never touched another guy's dick before. 
So he might just be interested in seeing what that's like. He might be orally bi, but then doesn't want to do any more. So I think it's also important to discuss to what level and what actually are you interested in doing rather than just saying, blanket, I'm bi, I want to have sex with men. I think it's just like with couple swapping, you discuss your boundaries or you discuss your boundaries with every gender, yeah. any gender, all the genders. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the last the last bit I want to, to, to cover here, and I think this is something... And I, I think I heard this was going to sleep. So please, if I <laughs> rambled through this poorly um, and... and uh, Is this another uh, Mr. H sleeping revelation? Well, it, it sort of was. So um, <laughs> the reason I mention this is, so I heard something that um, Cooper S. Beckett wrote and, and talked through. And um, bless, bless Cooper, we occasionally listen to his audio book because it's a nice soothing voice and sends us to sleep and we get to hear about lifestyle he, stuff. He knows that. that. He knows that. We, yeah, we've I mentioned told him. that to him. Um, <laughs> So one of the things he talks about is about Schrodinger's cat and, and the, you know, if you don't yeah. ask the question, then you're, you'll never know. And you'll, the answer will always be no. Do I get to but play with the cat? Do, do yeah. you get to play with the cat? Yeah. Well, it's true. And if you don't, you exactly. So, you know, do I get to play with the penis? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you ask that question, the answer is always going to be no, yeah. because you're never going to get to it. So Schrodinger's penis. Schrodinger's penis. <laughs> <laughs> So it is true, though. So, if you know, if, if this is something that you want to do, it's really important that you have that conversation with your partner and, and be brave about it. And, you know, it's better to, to have asked and, and gone down a road of no, OK, that's not the right thing to do right now or whatever it might be, than to forever be wondering if it was something you could have mm. explored. And I'd much yeah. rather step up to the plate and and try and bat and miss than never step up and. Um, and we said it before, life's too short to, to go through life and then turn back and think, man, I missed an opportunity. I, man, could, I, could, I could have, have done sucked something. a lot of cock in my life. Well, you know, or you could have just sucked one or two. It doesn't really matter. The point is you didn't even try because you were too afraid of how you might feel or how you might be received by other people or whatever it is, whatever barrier you put up in your own mind as to why you don't take that leap of faith. But mm. life's too short to go wondering about what could have been just have a go it's true it's great that you brought that up actually because that's something which i've learned from the lifestyle not necessarily from by interactions but if you don't ask for things you'll never get them and what's the worst that you can get from asking from it and that's something which has really translated into a lot of my personal and work life as well is if you want something ask for it say it let people know that you want something and then that's how it can actually come true because people know that you want it and help you work towards that or are at least aware of that some, that is something that you want. Wow. Powerful nice. stuff. Very yeah. deep. <laughs> Very deep. It is. <laughs> Not bad. I think I heard um, another podcast a long time ago. It's not related. You can edit this out anyway. Um, it was about how children are told to only say their wishes in their head and they're told not to say their wishes out loud, otherwise they won't come true. And we're saying that that's – that's the opposite to what we should be telling children. We should be telling children that when they make a wish, they should say it out loud. They should tell the world that this is what they want to happen. And then people will help them make that happen. That's it's really the only sweet. way your wishes can come true. Well, there is oh, something like very <laughs> powerful about writing something down or putting it down as a goal and, and making it real rather than just let it buzz around in your head because then you've got something to strive towards. I think this, this is a very this reminds powerful... me of a cosmic ordering. Do you remember the cosmic um, cosmic ordering thing Is that, that what Noel used to wipe out half the... No, uh, didn't George? Noel Edmonds start like, banging on about it years ago? Like you, you, you basically write it down and then you write it down and then you go to sleep and then if you do it enough times, then it happens. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you could always write it down once and then spend the rest of your time working towards that goal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that cosmic ordering... Is, is a, it's a thing. Well, maybe it might be a thing. I don't know. But thank you ever so much, guys, for joining us today. It's been so lovely seeing you and, and, and working through some of these um, questions and mysteries. Hopefully we've been able to give people a bit of a, a bit of insight into this if they're if that's a, an avenue they're looking to pursue. So um, before we before we end, um, do you want to let everybody know how they can find you and where they can find you and how they can get in touch? That's Kiwi's job. <laughs> <laughs> He has a so, Wikipedia page. Again, thank you for having <laughs> us. It's always lovely to speak to you too. It was and, good fun. Yeah. 
And if you want to find us, we are Sharing is Caring podcast. We're on all of the major podcast platforms. If you want to get in touch with us, we are on Twitter at Kiwi and Sherry, one word. And we are Kiwi and Sherry at gmail.com. Lovely. Well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, Stay safe in this crazy world out there. And we'll talk to you soon. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. that's the interview it's always great to talk to mr and mrs h they're such amazing people when it always makes me happy to talk to them yeah it makes me happy and also a little bit horny when i talk to them i don't know why i just associate them with sex especially their voice yeah i just like listening to their podcast although we didn't talk with them today it was just a recording from a few months ago yeah there is that and also from the interview don't tell them but we actually didn't do any prep for it so there's a few mistakes and a few things which weren't perfect. So for example, I was in a hurry and just found the first definition I could of bisexuality on Wikipedia. But I do prefer the definition from Robin, Robin Oaks, is it? Yeah, I think it's Robin Oaks. But it's on message. Yeah. All right. So I've turned over my notes now and found what Kiwi was talking about when he said, I've got something special to say. He has literally written something special. I mean, I wasn't lying. Ugh. You see what I have to put up with already? (laughs) Dad jokes. You're not even a dad, but you're doing dad jokes. (laughs) Anyway, thank you all for listening today. We hope you all have or have had a great Bi-Visibility Day. If you want to get in touch with us to talk about the content today or tell us what you did for Bi-Visibility Day or just for a chat, we love hearing from you. We might be a bit slow to respond at the moment. Um, It's nothing personal. So you can find us on Twitter. We're at Kiwi and Sherry, or one word. You can email us at kiwiandsherry at gmail.com. You can find us on our website, www.sharingiscaringpodcast.com. And on Fab Swingers and Spicy Match as Sharing is Caring Podcast. Spaces between the words on Fab and dashes on Spicy Match. (sighs) Now take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, we do love ratings and reviews. It's a great way for you to share the love back to us. So if you enjoy the podcast, please do take a minute to give us a rating and a review. And if you didn't enjoy it, then email us and tell us we're crap instead. But if you didn't enjoy it, then I don't know why you're still listening to the end. For your sexy accent, maybe? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like I said um, at the beginning, this will probably be the last episode we're recording for a while. But we'll try to sneak in some recording time because we've got a bunch of things which we did at the start of the year and we haven't spoken about yet. Yep. So love you all. Keep being awesome. All the best with COVID. I'm looking forward to being in your ears again soon. And remember, sharing is caring. How do I hit it? Hit that. Okay. Interview's over. Uh, <laughs> It comes and goes. It keep, it, it, <laughs> it come and go. Ugh. You had challenge like problems with that in a previous episode as well. About with what? It comes and it goes. Oh yeah, really? Because we've but we, because we've but <laughs> there's a bug. Almost, almost. <laughs> because we've got a bunch of things. Because we've but. that's your blooper I just can't say it we've got a five minute episode and half of it's bloopers